Listen to God's Word for January 12th. Today's reading includes Job 40-42 through 42 and Genesis 12 and 13. May God bless this reading of His Word. Job 40 And the Lord said to Job, Will the fault finder contend with the Almighty? Let him who argues with God give an answer. Then Job answered the Lord, Behold, I am insignificant. How can I reply to you? I place my hand over my mouth. I have spoken once, but I have no answer. Twice, but I have nothing to add. Then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind and said, Now brace yourself like a man. I will question you, and you shall inform me. Would you really annul my justice? Would you condemn me to justify yourself? Do you have an arm like God's? Can you thunder with a voice like His? Then adorn yourself with majesty and splendor, and clothe yourself with honor and glory. Unleash the fury of your wrath. Look on every proud man and bring him low. Look on every proud man and humble him. Trample the wicked where they stand. Bury them together in the dust. Imprison them in the grave. Then I will confess to you that your own right hand can save you. Look at Behemoth, which I made along with you. He feeds on grass like an ox. See the strength of his loins and the power in the muscles of his belly. His tail sways like a cedar. The sinews of his thighs are tightly knit. His bones are tubes of bronze. His limbs are rods of iron. He is the foremost of God's works. Only his Maker can draw the sword against him. The hills yield him their produce, while all the beasts of the field play nearby. He lies under the lotus plants, hidden among the reeds of the marsh. The lotus plants conceal him in their shade. The willows of the brook surround him. Though the river rages, Behemoth is unafraid. He remains secure, though the Jordan surges to his mouth. Can anyone capture him as he looks on, or pierce his nose with a snare? Job 41 Can you pull in Leviathan with a hook, or tie down his tongue with a rope? Can you put a cord through his nose, or pierce his jaw with a hook? Will he beg you for mercy, or speak to you softly? Will he make a covenant with you, to take him as a slave for life? Can you pet him like a bird, or put him on a leash for your maidens? Will traders barter for him, or divide him among the merchants? Can you fill his hide with harpoons, or his head with fishing spears? If you lay a hand on him, you will remember the battle, and never repeat it. Surely hope of overcoming him is false. Is not the sight of him overwhelming? No one is so fierce as to rouse Leviathan. Then who is able to stand against me? Who has given to me that I should repay him? Everything under heaven is mine. I cannot keep silent about his limbs, his power and graceful form. Who can strip off his outer coat? Who can approach him with a bridle? Who can open his jaws, ringed by his fearsome teeth? His rows of scales are his pride, tightly sealed together. 
One scale is so near to another that no air can pass between them. They are joined to one another. They clasp and cannot be separated. His snorting flashes with light, and his eyes are like the rays of dawn. Firebrands stream from his mouth. Fiery sparks shoot forth. Smoke billows from his nostrils, as from a boiling pot over burning reeds. His breath sets coals ablaze, and flames pour from his mouth. Strength resides in his neck, and dismay leaps before him. The folds of his flesh are tightly joined, they are firm and immovable. His chest is as hard as a rock, as hard as a lower millstone. When Leviathan rises up, the mighty are terrified. They withdraw before his thrashing. The sword that reaches him has no effect, nor does the spear or dart or arrow. He regards iron as straw and bronze as rotten wood. No arrow can make him flee. Sling stones become like chaff to him. A club is regarded as straw, and he laughs at the sound of the lance. His undersides are jagged potsherds, spreading out the mud like a threshing sledge. He makes the depths seethe like a cauldron. He makes the sea like a jar of ointment. He leaves a glistening wake behind him. One would think the deep had white hair. Nothing on earth is his equal, a creature devoid of fear. He looks down on all the haughty. He is king over all the proud. Job 42 Then Job replied to the Lord, I know that you can do all things, and that no plan of yours can be thwarted. You asked, Who is this who conceals my counsel without knowledge? Surely I spoke of things I did not understand, things too wonderful for me to know. You said, Listen now, and I will speak, I will question you, and you shall inform me. My ears had heard of you, but now my eyes have seen you. Therefore I retract my words, and I repent in dust and ashes. After the Lord had spoken these words to Job, he said to Eliphaz the Temanite, My wrath is kindled against you and your two friends, for you have not spoken about me accurately as my servant Job has. So now take seven bulls and seven rams, go to my servant Job, and sacrifice a burnt offering for yourselves. Then my servant Job will pray for you, for I will accept his prayer and not deal with you according to your folly. For you have not spoken accurately about me, as my servant Job has. So Eliphaz the Temanite, Bildad the Shuhite, and Zophar the Naamathite went and did as the Lord had told them, and the Lord accepted Job's request. After Job had prayed for his friends, the Lord restored his prosperity and doubled his former possessions. All his brothers and sisters and prior acquaintances came and dined with him in his house. They consoled him and comforted him over all the adversity that the Lord had brought upon him, and each one gave him a piece of silver and a gold ring. So the Lord blessed Job's latter days more than his first. He owned fourteen thousand sheep, six thousand camels, one thousand yoke of oxen, and one thousand female donkeys. And he also had seven sons and three daughters. 
he named his first daughter Jemima, his second Keziah, and his third Karen Hapuk. No women as beautiful as Job's daughters could be found in all the land, and their father granted them an inheritance among their brothers. After this, Job lived 140 years and saw his children and their children to the fourth generation. And so Job died, old and full of years. Genesis 12 Then the Lord said to Abram, Leave your country, your kindred, and your father's household, and go to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and curse those who curse you. And all the families of the earth will be blessed through you. So Abram departed as the Lord had directed him, and Lot went with him. Abram was seventy-five years old when he left Haran. And Abram took his wife Sarai, his nephew Lot, and all the possessions and people they had acquired in Haran, and set out for the land of Canaan. When they came to the land of Canaan, Abram traveled through the land as far as the site of the Oak of Morah at Shechem. And at that time the Canaanites were in the land. Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, I will give this land to your offspring. So Abram built an altar there to the Lord, who had appeared to him. From there Abram moved on to the hill country east of Bethel, and pitched his tent, with Bethel to the west and Ai to the east. There he built an altar to the Lord, and he called on the name of the Lord. And Abram journeyed on toward the Negev. Now there was a famine in the land, so Abram went down to Egypt to live there for a while, because the famine was severe. As he was about to enter Egypt, he said to his wife Sarai, Look, I know that you are a beautiful woman and when the Egyptians see you, they will say, This is his wife. Then they will kill me, but will let you live. Please say you are my sister, so that I will be treated well for your sake, and on account of you my life will be spared. So when Abram entered Egypt, the Egyptians saw that the woman was very beautiful. When Pharaoh's officials saw Sarai, they commended her to him, and she was taken into the palace of Pharaoh. He treated Abram well on her account, and Abram acquired sheep and cattle, male and female donkeys, men-servants and maid-servants, and camels. The Lord, however, afflicted Pharaoh and his household with severe plagues because of Abram's wife Sarai. So Pharaoh summoned Abram and asked, What have you done to me? Why didn't you tell me she was your wife? Why did you say, She is my sister, so that I took her as my wife? Now then, here is your wife, take her and go. Then Pharaoh gave his men orders concerning Abram, and they sent him away with his wife and all his possessions. Genesis 13 So Abram went up out of Egypt into the Negev, he and his wife and all his possessions, and Lot was with him. And Abram had become extremely wealthy in livestock and silver and gold. From the Negev he journeyed from place to place toward Bethel, until he came to the place between Bethel and Ai, where his tent had formerly been pitched, to the site where he had built the altar. And there Abram called on the name of the Lord. 
Now Lot, who was traveling with Abram, also had flocks and herds and tents. But the land was unable to support both of them while they stayed together, for they had so many possessions that they were unable to coexist. And there was discord between the herdsmen of Abram and the herdsmen of Lot. At that time the Canaanites and the Perizzites were also living in the land. So Abram said to Lot, Please let there be no contention between you and me, or between your herdsmen and my herdsmen. After all, we are brothers. Is not the whole land before you? Now separate yourself from me. If you go to the left, I will go to the right. If you go to the right, I will go to the left. And Lot looked out and saw that the whole plain of the Jordan, all the way to Zoar, was well watered like the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt. This was before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. So Lot chose the whole plain of the Jordan for himself, and set out toward the east. And Abram and Lot parted company. Abram lived in the land of Canaan, but Lot settled in the cities of the plain, and pitched his tent toward Sodom. But the men of Sodom were wicked, sinning greatly against the Lord. After Lot had departed, the Lord said to Abram, Now lift up your eyes from the place where you are, and look to the north and south and east and west. For all the land that you see I will give to you and your offspring forever. I will make your offspring like the dust of the earth, so that if one could count the dust of the earth, then your offspring could be counted. Get up and walk around the land, through its length and breadth, for I will give it to you. So Abram moved his tent, and went to live near the oaks of Mamre at Hebron, where he built an altar to the Lord. Thanks for listening, and join us tomorrow as we listen to God's Word. Questions or comments? Email us at info at listentogodsword.org.